Welcome to the July 2019 podcast for the Journal of Parenteral and Enteral Nutrition. My name is Dr. Kelly Tappenden, Editor-in-Chief of JPAN and Professor and Head of Kinesiology and Nutrition at the University of Illinois at Chicago. The paper we'll be discussing this month is entitled Time to Full Enteral Feeding for Very Low Birth Weight Infants Varies Markedly among hospitals worldwide, but may not be associated with incidence of necrotizing enterocolitis. The Neomune NeoNutrinet Cohort Study. My guests today are Dr. Yin-Chi Li, Assistant Professor at the University of Copenhagen, and the corresponding author, Dr. Per Sangil, Professor at the University of Copenhagen. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Now, You've addressed a very important problem as it relates to enteral feeding in very low birth weight infants uh, and how we can optimize the feeding to improve outcomes, yet balance the risk of necrotizing enterocolitis that, that is always a fear when, when providing enteral nutrients to these very low birth weight infants. Tell us about the consortium that you developed to look at this and the impetus for conducting this work. Um, just as uh, Professor Kelly, you said that we, we actually felt it was very uh, different when we talked to different neonatologists around the world because we have these European colleagues and American colleagues as well as uh, colleagues from Australia and, and China. We found that they actually see this very differently. Like in the more westernized countries, neonatologists, they are aware of giving relatively fast enteral feeding and not fear that this would actually increase neck incidence. But when we talk to our uh, Chinese colleagues, especially, they are very worried that if you feed too fast, that it may increase the neck incidence. So... Um, we found actually they gave very slow enteral feeding. So at that time when we initiated this work, uh, we wanted to do some intervention studies, but we found this draft difference on the uh, you know, idea of how far they should feed. So we thought it was good idea to initiate this type of observational study just to find out how the practices are in their unit before we could actually design a good RCT. So that was the, the original reason or original idea why we wanted to do this. Very good. So that's quite interesting. The differences, it, it sounds like, relate to incidents and fear of necrotizing enterocolitis. Yes, the, the feeling and the fear of introduce or um, give too, too much or too fast enteral feeding would increase neck incidence. And also, you know, this was conducted back in 2011. At that time, there were not so many human milk bank and not so much talking about uh, mother's milk uh, availability in the NICU. Um, so the most enteral feeding available were uh, mostly uh, infant formula. So based on that, uh, the neonatologists we talked with, they also uh, didn't dare to push too much uh, with uh, infant formula. So that's also why you could see that the time to full enterofeeding 
were uh, very, very slow uh, in these uh, Chinese hospitals uh, that participated in this trial. And I think I remember the slowest, uh, they actually had uh, 25 days uh, longer than the highest uh, hospital that's uh, in Australia, I remember. Wow. Yes, it's a big difference. And it's not only because they are fear of neck, but also they feel like with the unavailability of donor milk and the mother's own milk, they didn't dare to, you know, use infant formula to push too much on the enteral feeding. Now, did they have concerns, though, about growth of the infant? Growth and um, development yes. if they were, were malnourished? Uh, yes, yes, but they, they uh, gave uh, quite uh, a lot of parental nutrition. You could see that the parental nutrition period was also much longer. It's because they need to fulfill the, the require, nutritional requirement of these uh, infants, so they use parental nutrition instead. But uh, uh, actually, we've been uh, collaborating uh, until now, and we will con continue collaboration also with these hospitals. And what, what we can see now is that more and more hospitals, they establish uh, some sort of policy so that the babies can get mother's own milk or donor milk uh, in some ways. Because, you know, there are a lot of uh, space uh, limitation and how long time the moms uh, are allowed to visit the babies. So at that time, they, they just sort of didn't have the resources and infrastructure to accommodate them and or to receive their milk. But now I can tell you that many hospitals uh, that they start to uh, ask the moms deliberately to deliver their milk every day so that it can be given to the babies. And some of the hospitals even start out their own donor milk bank. So it's a really good and beneficial way of uh, giving nutrition to the babies. Dr. Sengild, Given these differences uh, in various NICUs regarding the rate of enteral advancement uh, in these very low birth weight infants, can you tell us about the study that you designed uh, and what specifically you were looking to address? So when over the years that we had been working with these Chinese NICUs, we had this suspicion that actually the time to full enteral feeding was very long, but we didn't have the data. And then the way we designed the whole study was basically connecting with the units around the world that we already knew in our network and that had a high focus on uh, the quality of early enteral feeding. So, so it was basically designed uh, based on our personal network in the participating uh, main centers and in, in that sense of course the, the units whereby we compared the South China uh, cohort, the units around the world that we compared them to was of course not entirely representative of, of NICUs in those different parts of the world but were basically units where we already knew there was a high focus on, on early, uh, early enteral feeding for preterm babies. And then we basically uh, aimed at getting about 1,500 infants from uh, South China compared with 1,500 very low birth weight infants from the rest of the world, distributed across, I think, eight other units across the rest of the world. And what did you find uh, was the outcome associated with these longer 
times to full feeding versus in, in, in southern China compared to the rest of the world. Did that have any outcome on, on these infants? Well, I mean, of course, as a cohort study, we cannot know exactly the cause and effect. But the associations that we found was with um, slower growth, as we would maybe expect that, I mean, one of the reasons to go to enteral feeding is simply to be able to fulfill the growth potential or, or the requirement of these babies. Secondly, uh, we found uh, the slow enteral feeding associated with more antibiotics use. And we suspect that that is partly due to the, the need for much longer time of indwelling catheters, uh, increasing the risk of sepsis. Although, again, we cannot entirely make sure that that is the reason because it is a, a cohort study. So slower growth and, and much longer antibiotics use are apparently the associations with long uh, time to full enteral feeding. When you look at the total nutrient provision, enteral and parenteral, was that different? So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that with the slower introduction of enteral nutrition, the remainder of the, the infant's needs would have been made parenterally. Uh, but was there impaired uh, provision of the goals if the enteral nutrition was advanced more slowly? Well, I guess as always, it's it's difficult us, uh, for us to completely fulfill the infant's needs alone with the parental side, and I, I I think maybe you know you come to the to the limit of of total fluid intake and others that simply limit the amount of nutrients that you can provide, uh, resulting in the growth deficit. But again, we can't entirely make sure that that is the reason for the growth deficit. It could actually also be simply the mode of administration, parenteral versus enteral, where the enteral administration of the same amount of nutrient may actually give a, a better growth response than parenterally. Uh, but that is the subject of an additional paper that we're working on, where we will analyze in more detail uh, the profession of nutrients, parenteral versus enteral, in relation yes. to Oh, good. Growth. I think that's that's important. And the antibiotic use, to your point, it, it certainly could have been the extra the extra catheters uh, and infusions that were necessary, but it could also have been um, reduced stimulation and maturation of the gastrointestinal-associated lymphoid tissue, right, because of the, the reduced stimulation and maturation on the gut side. Certainly, yeah. So we all believe that one reason to start early and to start with the right diet is certainly to make the gut mature, including its immune system, and thereby reducing the need for both uh, attack against uh, enteral and parenteral uh, infection pressure. I just want to add uh, regarding the, the nutrients intake from parental root and enteral root, we have actually collected uh, the data. So we are planning to make a, a follow-up paper on that uh, to study these uh, detailed uh, nutrients intake and growth. So that's in preparation. Very good. Yeah, I think that that will be important for answering the question as to whether or not it is a road of administration or a simply um, nutrient administration and energy administration issue. Now, what yes, about probiotic use? 
amongst these different NICUs? Varied widely, and, and we were not really able to see any relation to NEC outcome. Varied from anything to nothing to about completely 100% probiotics use in, in the different uh, units. But in our design of the study, we were not really able to demonstrate any correlation with uh, probiotics and then the time to full enteral feeding or NEC or clinical outcomes. But such an interesting issue in this population, given the data and some of the recommendations saying that prophylactic probiotics should be used, despite the fact that we don't know what kind, for how long, when to administer, what dose, you know, it's very hard to implement it, despite the fact that it, it does seem to have such, such benefit in preventing the development of next. That's right. All right. Thank you very much for this work and for joining us to discuss it. For our readers, please do go to the July 2019 issue of JPEN and look at the paper from Dr. Sangild and Lee and their colleagues entitled Time to Full Enteral Feeding for Very Low Birth Weight Infants varies markedly among hospitals worldwide but may not be associated with incidence of necrotizing enterocolitis, the Neonutrinet cohort study. Thank you very much. Thank you also. Thank you.